He is the way and the truth and the life. We have to die in order to live. good whenever you finish messing with your mic oh yeah no this is this is all this is all finished this is oh yeah oh yeah this is done this is going in the podcast you know that right the mic and me are best friends are y'all and we never have any dis uh feuds or or complications or anything like that me and technology are bffs so here's my question um does the mic talk back to you if there's an echo Oh, okay. There we go. Good answer. Yeah, you didn't expect that. Good answer. All right, so now here we are, episode 14. There we go. Of Beyond the Homily. Where we just we just go a little bit beyond the homily. Just a little bit. So um, I don't know if I like this new recorder, but we'll see how it works. We'll, we'll do okay. it for this time. All these extras... In episode 14, right? We're, we're moving on up. Very soon, we're going to have our own, not even our own recording room. That was that will happen soon. But I'm going to make it to where we have our own building. Oh, it's, yeah? It's going to get it's going to get real big. It's, okay. It's going to get, it's going to, yeah. It's I mean, huge. it's going to, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll move past that. <laughs> so we had a brilliant idea this morning that um, we were going to invite some guests to be on. And they sold us out for the seventh and eighth graders. Yeah. Well, so today we have uh, Father Blake Dubrock and Sister Jean Dark from the Community of Jesus Crucified. Uh, and Father Blake is the head of vocations for the Diocese of Lafayette. They're actually at the school uh, today. And so they were talking there. Father Blake offered mass for the school. And then they're giving a talk to the seventh and eighth graders about vocations. And since it's National Vocations Week and this past weekend, I talked about just vocations and and how to respond to a call. I was like, man, well, actually, you, you, John Ray, the last second, I was like, hey, well, why don't we just invite them onto the uh, podcast? And I was like, John Ray, you've never had a good idea before. But I always a, have great ideas. That was a great idea. And so it just kind of went and talked to them. And they have a talk and then they have stuff after. And so, but it did, well, uh, I definitely want to schedule them to come and talk uh, because they're both, um, I mean, I think great witnesses to the gospel. Um, better than you. Oh, for sure. It's not that, it's not that hard to be a better witness to the gospel than, <laughs> than Father Poirier. Uh, you just, you know. But, uh, so, you know, we're all part of the body of Christ. Some people are the, uh, you know, the hand, the feet, you know, I'm like the armpit. Uh, so it's not that, it's not that hard. <laughs> so, uh, I, I made a couple of adjustments and I think we got rid of some of the air in there. So I apologize to our listeners. There was a lot of, uh, white noise in the background. Okay. Okay. Um, just playing with the new, the new piece of equipment. Yeah. yeah. Playing, playing with the new toys that we got for the uh, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you mentioned it's National Vocations Week. Yeah, the USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So all of the bishops in the United States. All the acronyms, all the acronyms that we have. Oh, yeah. So the USCCB has uh, one week where they really try to focus on vocations within the church. Um, and so and it started this past Sunday and it'll go uh, for the rest of this week. And um 
So you mentioned in your homily this weekend, your vocation story, which you've already previously shared mm-hmm. in, in our podcast. Um, I think episode one. Yeah. Episode one, when we were yeah. you know, kind of getting to know father, we didn't really go beyond the homily that day. Yeah. So if you want to know about my vocations story, you could definitely go to episode one of the podcast or just kind of peek at the homily from this past weekend if you didn't go to the 1030 of the five. Sure. Um, and somebody told me just today that they thought it was a great homily. I don't know why they would say such a thing, but I mean, they, their words, not mine. When you preach to a thousand people, or I guess a few thousand people, one or two, are one of, two of them are bound to like it. <laughs> so, um, so we, we, um, brought something back today that we had you know, stop doing because of COVID. Can you tell us about that? Do you so, know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. The, uh, the vocations chalice. Yes. So the vocations chalice is something that we used to do at St. Pius. I say we, it was before I got here, but, uh, something that was a part of the church on Sunday mass. Um, and we, they would kind of pass it, for, I guess from family to family. And it's a very common practice as to where that family prays for vocations that week. And it's just kind of an emphasis. Like I have this chalice in my house. I have the, uh, this kind of litany of prayers that I should pray every day for vocations. And so, uh, it's an emphasis to pray for vocations, both new vocations and the vocations we already have. Um, and so, but because of COVID, it kind of stopped and we brought it back, but we brought it back through the school. Okay. The, the, through the youth. And so the, uh, at our school, at our school mass, every week, starting uh, this week, we started to exchange that chalice at the end of every mass. We pray a vocations prayer, and then uh, we hand it to a different class, and that class prays for vocations, both vocations we already have now and for future vocations, possibly, I, I mean, hopefully, among that, that own class. Sure. I think that's such a powerful thing. Um, we were talking before the the podcast about you know my idea on how we get holy vocations. Do you remember? No. Yeah. So I think we should get a blast, a blast, a brass plated plunger, like you know a toilet uh, plunger, mm-hmm. right? And we should introduce this Sunday at mass the um, the idea of praying for holy marriages, right? <laughs> And so you, you have a married couple come up, you give them the brass plated plunger. And why do I think this is so important? Because holy priests come from holy marriages, mm-hmm. right? And so I just think a plunger is the greatest way. Like <laughs> So that, that so from that Okay, amazing, we're not really doing that, guys. Yeah, we're not from really that amazing that. idea uh, comes just that the fact that we are all called to have a vocation in life. A vocation is just like, think of it like the vehicle that I drive to God in, right? So this is my mm. way of life. This is the responsibilities I take on to help me get to heaven, right? So your marriage vows or uh, raising kids, these are responsibilities that you have that you didn't have before. So somebody once told Alicia that she should look deeply into my eyes because I was her most blessed sacrament. (laughs) I was the most indwelling of God in her life. Yeah. But I mean, it's true. Like Mm -hmm. when you think about married couples, right? The, I like how you said that we are the vehicle that get each other to heaven. Yeah. You know, and it's important to realize that, that, uh, I tell this to couples, you know, all the time that God is not going to try to save only one of you. 
Mm. I mean, God is trying to save both of you, and he's going to use both of you to do it. Sure. That's marriage is to where, like, one person looks at another person and says, you can, you're going to help me get to heaven. And in fact, it's your burden to help me get to heaven and help our kids, you know, God willing, get yeah. to heaven. And they both should be able to do that. I told my son that the other day. He said, why are you doing this? I said, well, because one day I'm going to have to stand before God and answer for what I did and didn't do in your life. Mm-hmm. It's my job to get you to heaven. Yeah. And it's, and so a vocation is uh, the responsibilities we take on in life. And it's not just like, oh, you know, my vocation in life is, you know, my job or something like that. That's not a vocation. A vocation is given. That's your occupation. Yeah, exactly. Vocation, everyone. So I'm going to kind of say this, but it's going to be with a semicolon. The the sentence isn't over. Uh, Everyone is called to marriage. I think you said that before. Mm. I, I think you said that on an earlier episode. So, so I've heard it explained like this, and maybe this is where you're going. Okay. I like to interrupt. Go ahead. There's a natural calling, yes. and then there's a supernatural calling. Is that where you were going? Yeah. Okay. And so the the man we we fourteen well, we, episodes in we're starting completing to read each, other. each other's sentences. Wow. Thoughts. <laughs> uh, so the uh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> the, uh, so. A vocation. Everyone has this what we call a universal vocation to holiness, mm-hmm. or calling to holiness, but that happens through marriage. We are all, be fruitful and multiply. The very first commandment of God. Um, so we are all called to marriage. Marriage is a natural vocation, in the sense that like people can be married. And it's not inside the church. And I'm not kind of dark. This is just kind of a theological concept. Sure. Yeah, that marriage was around before Christianity. Uh, and that marriage is very natural. Now, Christ took marriage and made, a sac- made it a sacrament. So he raised it to the supernatural vocation, to where it's, it's, it's now a sacrament. But strictly speaking... A couple can remain married and not be holy, right? It okay. happens all the time mm-hmm. uh, where couples just like they're not going to church or they don't care about God. They just don't do it. Like there's plenty of married couples like that because sure. marriage is a natural vocation. Now, Christ raises that to a sacrament. To he did that by making 180 gallons of wine, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, so, but from marriage... Christ needs leaders in the church. He needs shepherds among the sheep. So he chooses from the natural vocation of marriage. He calls individuals to be consecrated toward a supernatural vocation. And these are priests, bishops, brothers, sisters, These are people that are called in a very specific way to be married to the church and to give their life for the flock. So uh, a a way that I try to explain this, um, as a a married man, you love your kids. But you you love, (laughs) you know, this morning was rough. uh, We we love Lucy. Yeah, you you love. I'm kidding, y'all. We love all of (laughs) y'all. Y'all love your kids. Now, you love all kids, but you love your kids more, right? And, And more than other parents, rightfully so. 
other parents love their kids more than you love their kids, and rightfully sure. so. The priest, or the brother, or the sister, the religious, loves everyone the same. There's, there should no, be no. You love me more than most. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's another bad idea from John Ray. <laughs> but it's it's this idea that it could be no, our little secret. Like, yeah, we don't have to tell anybody. <laughs> With all of our three listening, on Chuck, we have more than three. We have like a, a ten thousand this week. I'm shooting for ten thousand. You shooting for that's the goal. You know, you aim for the you aim for the moon, and even if you miss, you land amongst the stars. So if if you're the one listener that's listening, make sure you share this with ten thousand of your friends. Put it on Facebook. <laughs> so, but the the person that's consecrated, that's married to the church, is supposed to love everyone and lay down their life for everyone in the way that they're called to do it. And that's a very, that's a supernatural thing. Without God, the priest or the religious makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. There's no natural way to explain it. It has to be supernatural. Whereas marriage, it has natural explanations for it. Now, Christ raises it to be a sacrament, supernatural. But there's natural ways to go about marriage. Yeah. With in regards to the priest or religious, there is no natural. It has to be supernatural. That's why I said in my homily that by the mere fact that a priest exists, or the mere fact that a religious exists, speaks of God. Mm. It 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 when people see the priest or the religious, they automatically think of God. It's it's their calling in life. Whereas if you see a married couple, you don't necessarily think of God. Um, And so, but Christ calls from the very good natural vocation to marriage. I repeat, very good natural vocation to marriage. The universal way he calls people to holiness. From that, he calls people to help lead those people, to lay down their life. Sure. And... Why are consecrated people celibate? That's a big question that a lot of people have. Like, why are priests or religious celibate and they're not married? Well, I was, I, I was say, explain it in two ways. The first one is a natural way, and the second one is a supernatural way. Why are priests or religious not married? A very natural explanation for that is... John Ray, if I was to tell people what I do in my day, people would not believe me. That they just simply wouldn't. The amount of stuff the amount of sleep and naps you take. Yeah. The amount of stuff <laughs> that that priests and religious do or that are on the go, people wouldn't even begin to understand. And the way the way that I enter into people's lives in a in an extraordinary sense. People people it I can say it, but people wouldn't understand it. I could never do that if I had a wife and kids at home. Sure. I, w- I would be at, I'm at my house maybe an hour a day. And that's for the first 30 minutes I get up in the morning and pretty much uh, I get home after a dinner with some family and, uh, and the last 30 minutes. I mean, I am on the go. And that's that's not a rare thing. A lot of priests are that way and religious are that way. There's no way. It'd be impossible to raise a family and to be a priest or religious at the same time. That is an extraordinarily natural just reason. Well, and not to mention that 
you would, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your, your family, if you were to be married, Mm -hmm. your spouse and your children would come first. That would be your first vocation. Yeah. And so if you had a child with a fever and you got a call to go to anoint someone who was dying, then your first and foremost vocation would be to your wife and child who was sick. Absolutely. And so, and, and so you have a, uh, a split way of life that if maybe I, maybe we should find a married priest and bring them on here to talk about, I actually only know one married priest and there's a, I, I know of them. I don't think I've ever met one. I know of one and he's very open about it, about the struggles and how it's not supposed to be that way. So on that note, because I'm sure we have listeners that just heard that, that kind of yeah. did, what, what are you what, talking what about? What are you talking about? So why would we have married priest? So there's only one route for a priest to be married and that is if they are let's say an orthodox priest that is married or an explain orthodox orthodox is uh someone that's we'd say a catholic but not in communion with us they don't believe everything we believe and so we are roman catholics so that means that at some point their particular um religious practice split off from Rome. Yes. In alignment with Pope Francis or whoever mm-hmm. was Pope at yep. that time in that lineage. Yes. And and so they had validly, validly ordained bishops, right? Mm-hmm. So we recognize the validity of their sacraments and their vote and and yes. their and their um their holy orders mm-hmm. because more than likely they've been ordained by somebody who was ordained. So mm-hmm. And and now they've made the decision, and in their particular, and you were going to mention Anglicans and Episcopals mm-hmm. again, same kind of thing. They same broke concept. apart from, and so um, now they've had a this particular priest or bishop has had a change of heart and has decided to come into um, the Roman rite of the church, mm-hmm. where we're aligned with the church with the Pope of Rome, and um, and they were allowed to be married. So now we recognize both of their sacraments. Yes. So, and they wanted to become priests. And so we allowed for that avenue to happen. So it is perfectly legitimate. It's rare. Yeah. But it is extraordinarily rare. Yeah. Very, very rare. And so I know of only like, I've been all over, um, and I only know one priest. And by all over y'all, he's talking about he's been to all the islands like Cow Island, Pecan uh, Island, uh, Forked <laughs> Island. I've been all over. He's Chad. been to Vatican and Austin and yeah. Karen Crow. <laughs> uh, he's a boy from Scott. And so, but I only know of one priest and he's very open. I mean, with me, yes, but with his congregation that, I mean, man, it's tough for the wife. Mm-hmm. I mean... Because you just brought up a good, very natural aspect. Like, as a priest, I get called at last-minute things all of, almost every day. Almost every day I get called, Father, someone just died. Father, someone's dying. Father, someone's sick. Father, uh, Father, you, don't forget you have a funeral in 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah Father, you have a funeral in 30 <laughs> minutes. Father, we need you for that. Father, we need you that. I get pulled I get pulled in 20 different directions. Well, and I, I mean, and it's not the same, but I, I was a youth minister for 20 years, which mm-hmm. is kind of like being a pastor to the youth, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there were 
times where I was pulled in, in, in multiple directions because of tragedy or because of whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that took its toll. So I couldn't imagine being a priest and in that situation. Yeah. You know? And so like just the, just the very natural thing of like, well, I'm, I'm taking my son to a soccer game today and we're going to have a great Saturday morning. And then on my way to the soccer game, I get called father. Someone's, someone's dying and we need you immediately. What in the world am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would be neglecting either my fatherhood to my kids or my fatherhood to my parishioners. And so it's just a split way of life. And that's a natural way to explain it. Like, because you can't do both. You have to be, you have to hold something. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be wholly committed to my spouse and my kids, or I'm gonna be wholly committed to my parish. I can't split that way of life. Sure. That's the natural, the supernatural reason, the main reason why, is because Christ was celibate. And the consecrated, the priest, is called to be like Christ in all things. And that we are celibate for the kingdom of God. And that we are celibate so that I can give myself totally to Christ, undivided heart, and that because I'm able to give my life to Christ and his church, and in, in a very serious way, I should, without a, drop, without a hesitation, lay down my life for Christ. Which directly, I think, ties into this. I mean, it, I love the gospel from this mm-hmm. past Sunday. You know, uh, many rich people put in large sums, a poor widow also came and put in two small coins worth a few cents calling his disciples to himself he said to them amen i say to you this poor widow put more than all of the other contributors to the treasury for they have all contributed from their surplus wealth but she from her poverty Mm -hmm. right and i mean if you think about it like both vocations we gotta. You know, we've talked about this when we when we talked about financial giving, right? It's not it's not coming from the excess, but it's coming what Jesus said from our poverty, right? Your vocation as a priest, you lay down your life in so many aspects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to contribute from your poverty, right? yeah. And if we do marriage well, we do the same thing, yeah. And so the. Um so in relation, like the priests, the religious pulled in 20 different directions throughout the day. And it can be very hard to pray. But from our poverty, we pray that I give God the first fruits of my day uh, early in the morning throughout my day. And then late at night, in the middle of the night, it's I'm called to pray even more than the saintly layperson. And well, that's it's the one real real promise that you make right yeah is that i'm i'm the the promise of the religious or the priests is that they pray mm-hmm. or that they're friends not that you say God. mass not that you hear confessions not those are all part of it but mm-hmm. the promise you make is to pray for the church and, and pray for your own holiness yeah that i that I, in some way i pray and i sacrifice for god to god for the church mm-hmm that uh, the definition of a priest, like the very bullseye of it, is to offer sacrifice for God to God for the salvation of souls, every soul. Whereas, as a father, you know, of a of a family, you do that, but for your own family, 
Yeah. Right. So for your wife, your kids, the priest does that for everyone. And that's why everyone calls the priest father. Father is not uh, a title like a doctor or this is doctor. So and so or this is, uh, you know, miss or who father is who they are that from the moment of consecration, they they are a father. That even angel, I mean, angels call the priest father. And Mary would call the priest father. That's an extraordinarily humbling thing. That the priest, by the mere fact that they're consecrated, or the religious, they become something different. Consecrated means set apart. Mm-hmm. So a, a chalice is consecrated. It's set apart to hold the blood and body of Christ. A priest, a religious, is a person consecrated to God. Something that's good is set apart for the sole purpose of serving God and saving souls. Mm. Whereas in marriage, I mean, you do that, but for your own small, small church, we call that the domestic church. It's like a little church. Said, so, but the the priest, the religious, do that, but for everyone. Sure. And then the bishop does that for his own, uh, di- his entire diocese. The pope does it for the whole world. Um, and so, I I get this every now and then. And I was like, you know, I, man, we they should let these type of people be priests, so that you know, stuff like that. And they be it's because they think priest is like supposed to be a glorified thing. Like it's supposed, you know, oh, look at how much, you know, stuff or love or praise that priests get and stuff. They just want to hog it. If 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 we knew what priest priesthood was in the eyes of God, and I'm not even saying that I can fully see that. I definitely can't. But if we were to fully see what the priesthood or what religious are in the eyes of God, we would tremble at the mere fact or the idea that I, I might be called to that. Saints. There are plenty of saints who were called to be priests and ran from it, like hid in the hills and stuff. And they actually had to go and catch them in the woods and, and say, okay, you're going to be a priest now and then ordain them. But it's because they knew the dignity of priesthood and the sheer weight of that responsibility. Because as a, as a natural father, you will be questioned before God on how you loved your spouse and how you raised your kids. As a priest, I'm going to be questioned. You get questioned on how you loved and how you brought all the people. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I will be questioned before God, and my questions will be much harder than than anyone else's. It's it's, it's a it's mu- a much scarier fact that I will be questioned very harshly on how I loved the church. And how did I bring, save souls in my own parish? So let's take St. Pius X. I'm not going to be questioned not only on the people that come to Mass. I'm going to be questioned on the people that never came to Mass. You're going to be questioned on the people that come to Mass that don't know Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and the same thing for the bishop. The bishop will be quite, I mean, that is an immense responsibility. He's going to be questioned for his entire diocese. Not only the people that go to Mass, but the people that don't go to Mass. And then, uh, with fear and trembling, the Pope. He's going to be questioned about the entire world. That is, oh my gosh. So, when you get upset with Father or your Bishop or the Pope, yeah. you know that they have an immense responsibility and you should pray for them. Yeah, I used to, I used to you know, be a... 
really uh, we, Pope St. Pius X called it uh, what do they call it uh, um, a bitter zeal he said it drives people away from the church it's like this bitter zeal that's like why don't they do this and this and this and I can't believe they did that and that right so it's this, it's this zeal that comes off this passion but it's bitter and St. Pius X wrote about it and how it's dangerous. But uh, this bitter zeal, I used to have bitter zeal. That I was like, I was very passionate, but I would kind of condescend and, uh, and say, why are they doing this? Or why are they doing I can't believe they did that. I can't believe. I said, nothing stops that faster than having that responsibility or even taking a portion of that. So nothing stopped that faster than whenever I became a priest. And I said, oh, you know, or it's like, a, let's say a good example is like when kids are growing up and say, I'm never going to be my dad or I'm never going to be my mom. And then you get married and then you have kids and then it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm my mom. Or it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm my, I'm my dad. Sure. You're, you're, you're very, <laughs> you're less judgmental because now the ball's in your court and you're, you ain't doing too hot either. Yeah. You know, and, well, and I mean, at the end of the day, we shouldn't be judgmental to begin with. Yeah. You know, like we should pray for each other. We should love each yeah. other. We should call each other to holiness, you mm -hmm. know, and sometimes that means that we have to have difficult conversations, you know, mm -hmm. not to get sidetracked, but you said something uh, this past Sunday that I think would be a great way to kind of like end it. So marriage is a vocation. Mm -hmm. Priesthood is a vocation. Religious life is a vocation. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think, you know, to go back to my brass plated plunger, um, I think that it's important that we realize that holy priests come from holy marriages, that holy religious mm -hmm. come from holy marriages, that holy marriages come from holy marriages, yeah. right? And so the encouragement, you know, you said um, sheep don't breed shepherds, shepherds breed shepherds, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I just thought that that was such a profound. So the encouragement to all of our listeners who are listening, one, pray for our priests because, you know, as Father mentioned, they um, have, a, have a huge responsibility to us and to our holiness. Pray for holy priests. And I think more importantly, Pray for holy marriages and pray that your marriage is holy, mm -hmm. right? Because holy marriages, small mm -hmm. little churches are going to breed and form and shape the future generations of priests and bishops and popes. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, vocations include marriages and we should pray for holy marriages because that's what we need right now. We need holy marriages. You, you want to know why we don't have holy priests and why we have a shortage of priesthood? It's because we have a attack on marriage and an mm -hmm. attack on and, and a lack of holy marriages. Yep. That, um, you know, I had a priest tell me one time and it was a completely like turn. He, he's very good at doing this to me. Like he makes me think about something in a completely different light. He said, we don't we don't need more priests. We have too many priests. He said, St. John Vianney. He said, this is the only time Satan ever thanked God, is that he went up, to, he revealed himself to St. John Vianney and said, thank God there's not two of you, because uh, <laughs> I would give up, right, I would give up today. And so this priest was telling me, he said, think of that, we don't have even two John Vianney priests right now. Mm. He said, we don't have, we don't have uh, too few priests, we have too many. He said, what we need is holy priests. Mm. He said, you give me a holy priest and you can keep the rest. He said, a holy priest is what we need. He said, uh, like Padre Pio, a holy priest. 
Yeah. He was the most attended canonization in the history of the church. John Vianney's, uh, uh, Patience. Is, Patience. It John, is it John Vianney or Padre Pio? It's one of them. Both of them were attacked by Satan. But oh, yeah. uh, I think it was John Vianney who had his, uh, he woke up in the middle of the night and Satan was at the foot of his bed and he looked at him and said, oh, it's just you. And he rolled back over and went back to sleep. That was actually St. <laughs> yeah, that was St. Catherine of Siena. That was, oh, so she I was had a bold, She was up. a bold little sister. <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, it's, it's this idea that holy families produce holy priests or just holy people mm-hmm. and from that God will choose priests yeah. we want more priests we pray for more priests but the primary way we do that make sure that you're holy or that your family what you're doing what you need to do for holiness and God will choose priests even if you want to become a priest or a religious you have to wait for God's calling like yeah. just because I wanted to be a priest doesn't mean I was called that's God God has the call. And from this universal calling of holiness and marriage, will he pull forth priests and religious. And it is a beautiful life. Amazing, love-filled life with joy, close to God, close to his people. It's an amazing life. And I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. Good. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. God has called me to this. And uh, I hope I hope the listeners here feel that same way about your own marriages, that God is trying to make you a saint, and he's going to do it through your spouse and through your kids. So the takeaway here is be holy. That way those around you are holy. Mm-hmm. If you want to see change or you want to, you want, especially in holiness, then be that change. Yeah. And be that, be that holy uh, because it's possible. And the grace is given to you. Pray for priests, pray for religious, pray for holy marriages, and God will provide. Deus providebit. What did you say? Deus providebit. It's Latin for... Stop speaking Spanish. <laughs> it's a, it's a Portuguese for... <laughs> it's Portuguese. It's Latin for God, Deus providebit, will provide. Mm, amen. So um, be sure to like us and subscribe. Share this episode if you liked it um, on your podcast listener choice. Until the weekend, uh, God bless. God bless.